Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Good afternoon. Today we are talking about millennial engagement. Way too many business owners complain about millennials. So this is why we're having the show today. Today we're going to shed some light and uh, maybe give you some ideas on how to fix it. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to discuss and deconstruct insights from top-performing entrepreneurs and industry experts. Every week, we uncover tested, tactical solutions to solve your company's most difficult hiring challenges. Today, our guest is the millennial whisperer, Dr. Dina Brown, (laughs) the executive director, certified speaker, coach, and trainer with the John Maxwell team. She's an international best-selling author and has been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and pretty much every media station around. (laughs) Um, Dina is also the founder of the Millennial Leadership Institute that provides leadership, development, and lifestyle coaching to millennials. Dina, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Oh, thank you. So great to be here. I know. Great to have you on such a day where I'm actually dealing with the flu and you're going to have to carry me, so... I would gladly. Really I know, right? That'd gladly. be awesome. So, <clears throat> two things we're going to cover today. So, two different types of engagement. Um, I think there's there's kind of before the hire engagement when you when you reach out to somebody, and then while you have somebody employed, which is probably the most important piece, right? Right. So, we're going to talk about how to properly engage at both levels. So, let's start with proper engagement in the recruiting process. I have some thoughts on that, but let's let's share some of your insights on that. Well, proper engagement in the recruiting space is what you really need to start with is a really clear job description. Sure. What will people be doing? What do you truly authentically want them to do? Not yeah. what's politically correct. As you know, that doesn't fly right with millennials. Yeah. And that's one of the areas that's a pain point for millennials and hiring um, agents because millennials are reading through the job description and they're trying to figure out, but what am I supposed to do and how am I going to do it? Well, the job description, and I've had this conversation with other people, is flawed in most cases. It's a wish list of things that somebody needs in order for them to do a job, but it's not clear what the job is in most cases, correct? Correct. And and for me, it's self-serving. It's, it's here's what I, my needs are, and if you can fill my needs, then maybe I'll hire you. Maybe you'll be lucky enough for me to hire you. And I think that's the wrong positioning for a job description. Absolutely, because it leads to my next point is that starting with the job description, then we actually move to the fact that it's more transactional than relational. And we talked a little bit about oh, that. yes. And that the, it's very mechanical. Yep. With Especially with millennials, relationship, relationship, relationship is key. And that's how you begin to build connection yep. in, that, in that space. Yeah. And it's important that you do this in the very beginning before you even hire somebody. Absolutely. Right? You want to engage them. You want to have them buy in. Right. And, you know, it's not like um, my generation and even Paul's generation, you know, Paul's our engineer <laughs> over there, who's, I think he's 102. So, <laughs> but, but he's oh so handsome. <laughs> he, he's got that fine beard. But, you know, we were just happy to have a job and get paid, right? It's a different, it's a different scenario now. It's not a situation where... Uh, the money's tertiary, if anything, right? Absolutely. 
money's important, so we won't want to take that off the table. Yeah. But really the mindset, and when we speak, when you were asking in, in regards to what happens before. So when you're courting me, so to speak, yeah. to come there, you're showing me all these great things. And oftentimes, hiring... Um, when you're hiring talent, they're putting on a front. And the millennials sniff that out really quick. Yeah. And so then they also then go to, okay, well, you know what? I'm in now. They, they lured me with a really designer bean bag, and, and they gave me some extra granola snacks, and so I'm excited. <laughs> and now I'm going <laughs> to get to work. Title. This person likes me. Yeah. This person wants to know about me. But there, it was pretense yep. sometimes. Yeah. So um, so taking that, that element away and actually making it about the person you're trying to hire, get to know them as a person is really a key key component here that people are missing right i call it there's there's a dating element and a courtship okay and i use this comparison some may not like it however when you go to speed dating you're sitting down really quick and you're hitting a couple people and because millennials are in high demand they're highly technical and all the jobs are in it digital marketing and they're very savvy in that space so they're quarter lot so they're the pretty girl at the dance yeah okay (laughs) they're the pretty girl and so the football player comes wants to you know to hire them and they're, they're excited however when it starts to courting you got me now what are you going to do to keep me yeah. you told me all these great things you beef my head up now that i have three babies and i'm at home and i'm driving the van <laughs> you <laughs> wow that just progressed really fast you, right because it does we're at a very fast paced sure. fast moving and because the jobs are plentiful yeah. in their space but the growth and development is not Ooh, okay, which which really... Transitions to the next point. Yeah, transitions <laughs> to the next point. But this is also, okay, so this is going to... I want to keep that piece for a little bit later on the second piece of the show. But So um, let's go back to job description because, you know, one of the things recruiters do is they sell the job. Right. Right? And it's not really, <clears throat> it's not really finding out about the person, what's going on in their world, right. and how you might be able to solve uh, a particular job, what I call a career wound. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. that 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 would help them to progress in their career. Right. Correct. So I, I think with companies, especially in the recruiting process, you've got to not sell a job. You've got to actually figure out a way in which your salute, your your opportunity that you have at your company can help uh, heal somebody's wound. Right. Or, or help them to progress in where they want to go. Mutually beneficial. Is yes. What I call it. it has to be mutually beneficial. Symbiotic, so to Symbiotic speak. Symbiotic would be a great Absolutely. word for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And then you you touched about the money, right? <laughs> yes. So, so let's lay out like the top three or what you feel are the top three or four things that millennials look at when they're considering a job that that are important to them. At the, you know. One of the top is um, work-life balance. <laughs> so to speak. Okay. And what that means is that will I have time to engage outside of work sure. to, to live? That's really huge. And you see, you see and read about it, but it's not just the fact that I just want to go play golf and ride my bike, but do I have time to get involved in other social community type events? Yeah. Do I get a chance to spend time with my family? Is there some downtime? I will work really hard, but is there downtime that's there? That's a huge one there. And that leads to number two, which is social consciousness. Yeah. In the world of you know, Google, so to speak, they look, they look you up. Many millennials actually are interviewing the, yeah. <laughs> the talent, the recruiter before they're, they're looking at the company. What have you invested in? Do you really care about people? Yeah. Does your audio and video match with that? So Got that's, it. that's really huge. And then there are still also the benefits and that money's included in those benefits, sure. medical, health, you know, dental, 
and and definitely the money. So yeah. I know they say, oh, millennials don't care about money. Well, they, they do. do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Everybody does. It's just not the priority. Like you said, it's more tertiary. That's why I listed it in the third space. Yeah. Okay. So um, this idea of – so here's where I see a lot of companies get a little confused. Work-life balance. I think they think that, okay, well, the person that – they see that as red flag sometimes. Mm-hmm. Does that mean the person wants to work from home? That's, what What does that mean to a, a millennial? What that means to a millennial is that I will show up and show up hard for you when, when it's critical, you know, when it's yeah. critical times. However, when I need that time – that we have the relationship that's in place that if I say, you know what, my mom's in the hospital, I really need to go yeah. and be with my mom, that it's not going to be punitive. Yeah. So when we talk about work-life balance, if you want me to work 14 hours a day, then give me a day yeah. <laughs> where then I might get to work eight, you yeah. know, to, to that respect. <clears throat> so when you look at startups, which usually are made up of lots of millennials, yep. they work a lot. So there's a myth that millennials don't like to work. If you look at their, they have multiple jobs, they have multiple businesses, they're working a lot, but they also have that time off to kind of re- renew themselves. And I think they work differently. They so work that's differently. why that's why there's that illusion that they don't work hard. Right. Right. And, and um, so the other thing that I see a lot of times or I hear is that companies complain that they hire somebody and then that person wants to be the CEO the next day, mm. right? <laughs> okay. That, <laughs> that, that, that might be some truth Just something I've heard that. a few times, yeah. There might be some truth to that. Yeah. But there's also a lot of um, mindset misconceptions to that as well. Sure. And speaking to several of my millennial clients and organizations that I've gotten a chance to work with, I ask that question. I said, what is it? What do you want your boss? What's the one thing you want to know? Is that I really care. I want to do better. I want to grow yeah. in this company. I don't see opportunities for me to grow personally uh-huh. or even professionally. How do I, the biggest questions I get from millennial clients, how do I find a mentor in my company that's going to help me get better at my job? Because they perceive me as wanting to steal their job. Hmm. I don't. I just want to do the job well. Yeah. So is it perception or is it really reality that they want to be CEO the next day because they're asking lots of questions? They ask, they're asking lots of questions because there's, there's a lack of clarity there. Yeah. There's a lack of consciousness there. They're not really aware what they, where their <clears throat> place is. And then maybe there hasn't been a consistent plan put in place to help them grow to their next grader. Okay. Now we're going to dig on it. I definitely <laughs> want to. That's going to be the second part of the show. All right. So let's, let's talk about how to engage per, uh, a person. So, um, before we cut to the break, I want to talk a little bit about how, I, well, one of the ways in which I reach out to people okay. is, is more about the person. I don't try and pitch a job. I reach out and I say, hey, look, at I heard so good things about you. And um, I wanted to find out if you'd be open to hearing about something that could potentially be career advancing for you. It seems to be, I get a lot of responses back from just that simple thing because of the fact that a lot of people don't feel like they're, in a position where they can advance, you know, which is, and when, when I talk to people too, I don't really, I don't talk about the company or the opportunity. I talk about them. It's all about that person. That's what makes you great. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) I'm blushing. (laughs) No, but you know, it's about the person. And I think in this transactional recruiting environment, it's, um, there's so much push to get people in fast, 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 fast that they end up making bad hires and the cost of that is just astronomical because of that. Yeah. And, and I think the companies create a lot of this problem for themselves 
by not taking the time up front and investing in that person in the engagement and interview process. Absolutely. There's a hurry, hurry, hurry mentality and wanting to get what we call like butts in the seat. Yeah. Yeah. So that I can, you know, get the increase our, our bank balance. Yeah. You know, it's it's that piece right there is the problem. Yeah. Because you're going to lose in the end. And research shows that if you have a bad hire, it's on average about 30% of what that annual salary would be per person yeah. is what you are losing. So yeah. when you do the math, you might want to take two or extra weeks or open up and maybe look at some people that don't traditionally meet that. Because sometimes, again, because of that job description, you're alienating some people who might be perfect a perfect fit for your environment. Yeah, your and, and that comes down to the screening process too. Right. When you're when you're screening resumes, uh, don't look at a resume. Talk to the person. Call the person up and talk to them. You don't understand when you say that. And one thing that I'm working on is looking at the human factor <clears throat> in this automated space. Yeah, and that that's what the, that's what's missing. That's the missing link. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, matching buzzwords and thinking that you're going to find somebody by looking at that. And I think it's just a silly way to occur. Absolutely. So we are talking to Dr. Dina Brown, the executive director and certified speaker coach trainer with John Maxwell team. We need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to cover um, actually how to retain talent once you have them as an employee. Absolutely. Be right back. You're listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now back to Higher Power with Rick Gerard. And welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and today our guest is the millennial whisperer, Dr. Dina Brown, executive director and certified speaker coach trainer with the John Maxwell team. Uh, we just discussed kind of some of the faux pas in the recruiting process and, and how to actually um, engage millennials properly. Now we're going to talk about once you got them hired, what do you do now? So let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit about how to retain that talent once you've got that person as an employee. Well, I marinated on this because there's so many different ways, but one of the traits that seems to be missing in most leaders. Mm-hmm. And, and bosses is that they don't know how to be a great motivator. They think motivator is dancing and jumping on tables and chairs, but that's not what, what I mean. You mean it's not Tony Robbins? Well, it could be. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. But what it actually means is that really getting to the root yeah. of what uh, makes people uh, tick. Sure. What do they feel? What do they like? What do they enjoy doing? How do they work? Yeah. How do, how do they fit within the group? And it's how to figure out and then what's going to make them act? That's what being a motivator actually is. So is it like a time investment on the manager's part that Absolutely. they're not willing to put in? Is that kind of the big issue? I wouldn't say they're not willing to put in, but sometimes you just feel like I don't have time. But that's what's costing you time is that you don't take that time. Well, it reminds me of that. <laughs> I, I read it every so often. You'll say some CEOs will say, well, you know, 
what happens if we invest money and time into our employees and they don't stick? And they say, well, what if you do and they don't, you know, yeah. if you if you don't invest the time into them and they stay? Okay. So you got a worse problem, right? you got a worse problem. But what if you did invest in them and they do stay and then they you have this sense of explosive um, innovation? Yeah. And you're building leaders, not just gaining followers. And, again, leadership is influence. How are you influencing those people? So part of this piece, what you're asking, Mm -hmm. as far as what makes them stay and how to retain them, is that is it a forcible influence? Because you're kind of coercing them either with money or um, workplace bullying. I wouldn't say, you know, I won't use the SEX word. (laughs) But (laughs) inside joke. (laughs) joke. But how do you influence them? Again, I can't say enough about relationship. Yeah. And once you begin to build that relationship, you have an opportunity to influence them and you get to higher levels of that. Well, so here, you know, part of that influence, I mean, part of that problem is communication, right? Absolutely. And so I think for the management generation, a lot of them tend to look at, well, I can't really communicate with them because they always have their notes in their phones and they're texting and doing whatever else. So how do you bridge that gap? Send them a text and say, I'd like to talk to you. <laughs> Sometimes it can be easy. God, that was so simple. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was, Duh. Here's, here's the thing is that we get so stuck and doing things the way that we've been taught or yeah. that we learned that we forget that we're dealing with a whole entirely new um, generation. And do we want progress and growth yeah. or do we want to be right? Progress and growth. Okay. So yeah. guess what? There's going to have to be some shift. There's going to have to be some changes there. And when you begin to meet people where they're at, that's part of that motivation factor. That's part of that relationship factor. Because once you meet them where they're at and they know that you're willing and you're paying attention that you care, you then can influence them on the back end and say, you know what? Why don't we go ahead and put this phone down or we're going to you know, put it on delete. I really want to have a conversation with you. They're so excited that you want to talk with them and you care about what they're thinking that they won't even think twice about that phone. So so it's our job then to be the communicator. It's a mutual piece, but you have to teach them how. And that's what's missing. You say, I want you to do this, but guess what? If they never learn the how, mm-hmm. then what? And so when you're hiring, that's part of what you mentioned in the first but segment. But weren't they supposed to learn that in school? They were supposed to learn that in school. And you know, as a former school principal, high school, elementary school principal, I can tell you Sorry. that we tried <laughs> to teach it, yeah. but it actually starts at home. It starts in the environment. Sure. And your new workspace needs to become your home if you're going to attract and retain millennials. Sure. They want a relationship with you. They want to feel like I can come to you, that I can fail forward faster yeah. and feel safe talking to you. And if you do that and you invest the time, Five, ten minutes a day. We're not saying hours. Start with ten minutes. So fail forward faster and feel safe. Right. I, I like that. I mean, you know, you can you can allow people to, to fail forward faster, but then what ends up happening is they get reprimanded for it, right? Right. So how do you make them feel safe? By talking with them, spending okay. that time, and creating a culture. And everything I'm mentioning doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. It is not something that... Is just going to um, do. So one of the um, workshops that I did um, with one of a client, we looked at there's the I in team. Mm-hmm. And it's a proverbial I. And so I, what am I going to do to make sure that this team is successful? Got it. And it goes to a personal space of what do I have to do to measure? What do I need? What are my strengths? And what are my opportunities for growth? And once I can admit and share that to you and not feel like it's going to be punitive, then guess what? We're building a culture and a climate yeah. that opens the door for that. 
And that's going to increase innovation, and it's going to also increase profits in the long run. Okay. Got it. So then you mentioned growth. Yes. All right. So how do you provide growth to somebody? Ask them what they need. Oh, sure. we have to communicate. <laughs> you got to communicate. <laughs> but like I, I have a C3 framework. It's called um, Clarity, Consciousness, and Consistency. Okay. And anything that you talk about, what's the problem? That's at the basic that's what I love about you. That. You have an analogy. For I have everything. an analogy. That's I'm an amazing. acronym queen. I know you are. But in this framework, the C3 framework, it's actually, it collapses upon itself. So once you have clarity, consciousness, and consistency, mm-hmm. then you're able to be able to communicate with influence, sure. connect authentically, and to collaborate strategically. And in order to do that, I have another C. That's why it says a C3 framework. I mean, okay. it's powerful. Is that then you need to have compassion. You need to have courage. You need to have confidence. And when you put all that together, you have one dynamic, powerful organizational change agent. Which I would imagine a small company is probably easier to implement than a large company. No, it just starts. Just got to start. Just got to start. Just got to start. And if just you do what, it. What culture do you want? Here's the, here's the question to ask. Um, what do you want? Yeah. What kind of culture? Because your mission, vision, and values are going to set the tone. And that that's why you're losing millennials, because if it's not clear and they're not aware of it and you don't operate consistently in that, you're going to lose them. Yeah. Yeah. So what would what would you say would be the top three reasons why millennials leave at this point? The top three reasons why they leave. Okay. It should be four. <laughs> okay. As many as you like. As many as I, I like. Load it up. Okay. Here, here's here's um, I'll give you a little pie. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's the holiday time. And it's pie is an acronym. Is that the purpose? They're not really clear on what their purpose is. Sure. What, where do I fit? How am I going to grow here? Sure. And when I speak with millennials, they say, I don't see myself growing here. I'm in a box and I'm not going to get promoted because they think I'm X, Y, and Z. Yeah. They think I'm lazy. They think I don't want to work. They don't think I'm going to stay. They think I'm not loyal, but I am. However, they don't treat me like that's the top things I hear back in my millennial research and then intention, not being really intentional. They leave because there's not an intentional relationship built with managers, supervisors. And again, if you want someone to interact a certain way, don't you need to model that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So if you're not modeling, how am I going to work collaboratively with anybody when I don't, you don't even work. I I don't see it. Yeah. It's going to come from the top down, the top down. Absolutely. So that I can build from the ground up. And then the third thing, execution. Is that teaching them the how? Here's the biggest complaint. If you don't take anything else away, is that they say they tell me what they want me to do, but I don't know how. Sure. And I'm afraid to ask without looking like an idiot or being said, oh, that's just, you know, the millennial piece. But they want to know how. Yeah. They want to know how to execute with excellence. Yeah. And that's part of the job. And that's part of the training. Too. Right. It needs to be part of the training. Got it. So we just learned about pie. <laughs> <laughs> and and not the mathematical one. And not the mathematical one, I but it, it does make dollars and cents. All right. Well, okay. Since we're doing acronyms, let's just throw in let's educate our guests on the sex thing because <laughs> that was an inside joke earlier. And and of course, <laughs> he's been dying. so. <laughs> Give him the backstory. All right. Backstory is uh, <laughs> Dina did a talk at a disrupt HR, and the acronym that she used for her talk was sex. There's not enough sex in the workplace, and. You should have seen the HR people fall out of their chairs. <laughs> it was outstanding. I'm a disruptor. That's why I'm the millennial whisperer. Okay. So okay, what does so, it stand for? Okay. So we talk about the law of solid ground. Yeah. 
And the law of solid ground taken from John Maxwell's 21 irrefutable laws of leadership is that you build relationship, you build trust. Sure. How can I um, know, like, and trust you in the workspace? Sure. And so that's what the S stands for. That's what we need to have. The law of solid ground. Solid ground. Solid ground. Got it. Right. So then the E is empowerment. How do we empower our employees by letting them fail forward faster? Got it. And that we give them the room to grow. They mess up, teach them how to do it, and then help them get to the next one. Got it. And then the X is the law of exponential growth. Is how we are beginning to build leaders instead of amass followers. Got and it. the way you do that is very different. And, you know, there's a company, I mean, Amazon does that very well. <laughs> yes. They do. They you know, they have leadership principles by which they hire people, and they're very good at, like, they want to hire people that have leadership qualities. Right. In-N-Out does levels. it better. In-N-Out does. In-N-Out, because they right. also build. So when people come, that's why they have such a high loyalty rate. When they, they hire from within, and they build their leaders from within. Yeah. So if you want to be in the management space, then you're going to come through. Yeah. And so that whole concept of the mission, vision, and values is embedded. Hmm. That's interesting. I didn't Clarity. know about it. Consciousness yep. and consistency. I told you. There you it's, go. The, it's the core. And then we got purpose, intention, and execution. We got yes. five. I'm, I want some apple pie now. <laughs> we're at holiday season. Christmas is Monday. Oh, man. This has been great. Um, so we're just about out of time for today's show. Um, Dr. Dina Brown, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. It's been My awesome pleasure. having you. And um, and your time investment in, in uh, being on the show. Thank you. And so welcome much. to the Higher Power Radio community. Woohoo! Now, I am sure there's tons of our listeners that want to follow you or, or get or um, find out more about uh, your coaching that you do. Absolutely. How do they reach you? They can actually reach me on Instagram at, at Dr. Dina Speaks or Twitter at Dr. Dina Speaks. And or, that's, that's spelled Dina? Spelled Dina, D-E-E-N-A. Okay, Dr. Dina Speaks. Or actually, if they Google the Millennial Whisperer. Oh, I shall pop up. But if you definitely want to find out more about bringing those programs to your space, um, please visit dbcoachingandconsulting.com. I'd be more than happy to help you out. And I think that would be an awesome training. So you guys should all sign up today. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to today's show, even though my head is blown up like a balloon. Quick thanks to our team. We have engineer Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and our executive producer, Kim Iverson. To listen to this show and past episodes, you can reach us. Check us out at Hire, that's H-I-R-E, PowerRadio.com, or Higher Power Radio on iTunes. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook at the Higher Power Radio Show, or you can follow me at Twitter at Rick underscore Gerard. This is our last show for 2017. Again, Yay. Dina, so great to wrap up with you. <laughs> awesome. um, I want to thank everybody for being a part of the, the uh, show for this year. And with that, I want to wish everybody a happy holiday season. We'll see you back on January 2nd to kick off the new year. Woo. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.